Bibles, turn to Hebrews chapter 12, Hebrews chapter 12, 12th chapter of the book of Hebrews, the book of the unknown writer, in the eyes of many, some believe that Apostle Paul was the writer of this book. Uh, we don't really know who wrote it, all we know is that the Holy Spirit gave indication and inspiration to whoever wrote it. It's part of our canon and it has powerful and prolific and pregnant passages for us to receive. Chapter 1, chapter 11, rather, chapter 12, I'm sorry. Chapter 12, verse 1. I'm going to read from the New Living Translation. Amen. We can change that on the screen to the New Living Translation. Amen. Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a huge crowd of witnesses of the life of faith, let us strip off every weight that slows us down, especially the sin that so easily trips us up, and let us run with endurance the race that God has set before us. We do this by keeping our eyes on Jesus, the champion, God help me, who initiates and perfects our faith. Because of the joy awaiting him, he endured the cross, disregarding his sh its shame. Now he is seated in the place of honor beside God's throne. Think of all the hostility he endured from sinful people. Then you won't become weary and give up. After all, you have not given your lives in struggle against sin. I like King James that said, you have not suffered under blood. Uh, and you have forgotten the and have you forgotten the encouraging words God spoke to you as his children? He said, my child, don't make light of the Lord's discipline and don't give up when he corrects you. For the Lord disciplines those he loves and he punishes each one he accepts as his child. As you endure this divine discipline, Remember that God is treating you as his own children. Who ever heard of a child who was never disciplined by his father? If God doesn't discipline you as he does all of his children, it means that you are illegitimate and are not really his children. Since we respected our earthly fathers who disciplined us, shouldn't we submit even more to the discipline of the father of our spirits and live forever? For our earthly fathers disciplined us for a few years, doing the best they knew how. But God's discipline is always good for us, so that we might share in his holiness. No discipline is enjoyable while it's happening. It's painful. But afterward, there will be a peaceful harvest of right living for those who are trained in this way. So take a new grip with your tired hands and strengthen your weak knees. And the people of God say amen. And they see there's the presence of God. I want to just take a few moments this morning and put a tag on that text. I want to talk about daddy daycare. Well. I want to talk about daddy. Daddy daycare. Amen. It is amazing how the word of God is germane to us as believers, and when you read it, you understand how germane it is, how how tied in it is to us as individuals. 
the word of God affects everybody, but the word of God is germane to us. It is, it is tied to us. It is, it is geared for us. When I say us, I'm talking about those who are in the household of faith. That God specifically speaks to his people through his word. And, and if you are impacted by his spirit, when his word is disseminated to you, it does something on the inside of you. If the word of God challenges you so that the word of God can change you. Uh, and so, and so, and so God, God gives us his word uh, with specificity and he gives us his word for a specific purpose. There is no word that God gives to us that he does not give to us without a specific purpose. Amen. Every time God speaks, he speaks with purpose because uh, God doesn't waste his words. Uh, I remember when I was coming up, my mother used to say to me, she would say, son, uh, you need to stop talking so much. And I said, Mom, what you mean? She said, you need to stop talking so much. She said, save some of your words because you may need them on your deathbed. God help me. Yeah. She says, sometimes you need to just hush and, and, and don't just speak so superfluously. In other words, don't just let words run out of your mouth. Don't just talk to be talking, but when you talk, talk about something. Yeah, talk about something that means. You know what I'm saying? That's good advice, fathers, to give your sons. You don't tell your sons, stop talking so much. Uh, you you have two ears and one mouth. Come on, you got you got two ears and one mouth. Do I need to break it down? It means you you need to do twice as much listening as you do speaking. Amen. Sometimes we need to push because we don't have anything to say. But God, when He speaks, always has something to say that is significant for the life of the believer. And what we need to understand is that sometimes God's word uh, will discipline us. Sometimes the actions of God will discipline us and sometimes we have to understand that God is our own not sometimes all the time we have to understand that God is our heavenly father he is the father of our spirit and the Bible is clear here in this 12th chapter of Hebrews it's amazing that this chapter follows the chapter where we see the heroes of the faith and in uh, chapter 11 we get the roll call of all the heroes of faith. And it's interesting even in that chapter because in chapter 11 when we hear the roll call of the heroes of the faith, it starts out on, on like, like they are champions. I mean, it, it starts out like they're bad. They're they ready to run through walls. They're doing all kinds of, of material exploits. But then midway through the chapter, the thing shifts and says all of these did not get to see the promise and, and they got their heads chopped off and they were they were buried alive and they were they were crucified upside down and they were hated by many. See, we don't like that part of, of what it means to be a disciple of God through Jesus Christ. Sometimes things are not going to work out in our favor. Sometimes people are not going to appreciate who we are. I'm talking to, to daddies today because daddies need to understand that, that even in the midst of, of growing and raising your children even in the midst of all the things that you provide for your children things are not always going to work out well for you uh, sometimes you're not going to be able to be the provider that you want to be uh, but you still got to walk by the faith that God has imparted into you to understand that it may not be the way you want it now but if you can hold on just a little while longer come on somebody knows what I'm talking about if you can hold on just a little while longer God 
will make provision for your life. And so, and so faith now means that we walk in the midst of a world that doesn't appreciate our God. Uh, faith now means that we live in the midst of a nation that is trying to turn us away from our God. Faith now means that we have such uh, an understanding of the who of the who of God. The, the who of God gives us an understanding of the how of God. When I understand God for his who-ness, come on, that, that just means his isness, his being. When I understand the reality of God, it gives me an inner faith that allows me to withstand situations that I could not withstand without the who-ness and the isness of God. Are y'all hearing what I'm saying? I, when I recognize, okay, that God is God the provider, he is Jehovah Jireh. When I recognize that isness of him, when I get in situations, brothers, that I cannot do what I want to do for my family, I don't fold up the tent and go back to lifestyles that I used to have, but I trust God because I know who God is. And because I know who God is, I know how God is. And what I recognize about the howness of God is that he may not come when I want him, but God is all that I want He's always on time. And, and so I'm, I'm garnering this understanding because I recognize what has happened in prior days. And I, I read Hebrews 11 and it gives me an understanding that, that, that even Rahab, who was a uh, uh, okay, a harlot, excuse me, a harlot. Uh, she had faith enough to believe that the God who took on Sihon and Og and destroyed those kingdoms and, and destroyed all of those areas around Jericho, she understood that's the God I really need to be concerned about. Even though Jericho was a wicked city, even though she was a, a yeah, she ran a whorehouse, y'all, but the reality was she her lot and her faith in on the side of the God who had the power to conquer her. I'm trying to help somebody here. He, he, she, she, she understood that this God got to be real God because I've seen oh here it is. I've seen what he can do. And that's all I came to tell some father this morning is that you've got to develop the who-ness of God in your faith. You've got to develop the highness and the easiness of God in your faith because you've seen God work. Yes, you have. You, you've seen God operate. You've seen God do things that nobody else could do. You understood that if it had not been for the Lord who was on, who am I talking to here before? If it had not been for the Lord who was on your side, uh, you would have gave up a long time ago. Can I help y'all? I just had my 41-year-old cousin give up on life. He, he decided that life had become so difficult that he couldn't live any longer and he took his own life. Can I help you? You got to understand the isness and the who-ness and the, and the howness of God so much that when being a father becomes so burdensome that you want to give up, you just rely on what you know about God and your faith will keep you when you want to run from your responsibility. That's what I understand out of Hebrews 11 that in the midst of it I will go to the death for my children because I trust in my God. I will go to the death for my family because I trust in my God. Whatever I've got to do, I'm going to stand on who I know God to be no matter what that places me in, no matter what precarious position it 
things to my life. I trust in God. Help me. I hear Job saying, though he slay me, yet do I trust in him. There's no condition in your life that should cause you to ever turn your back on the God who picked you up. I'm the little everybody in here who God has picked up on your eye today. You don't know where the hell the gasoline draws on. The God snatched you on the sliding board, put you on some solid ground, and now you're in the house of God talking about thank you, Jesus, because you saved me. Well, the same God that saved you then can keep you now. Sin is a hindrance. 
Now, now, now here's, a, here's a problem, here's a problem, here's a problem. This is what most preachers won't tell you. Uh, they'll tell you sin is a hindrance, but then they won't tell you that they, they got a hindrance. They'll try to act like the sin is a hindrance for you. <laughs> Let me tell you about your hindrance, because I'm a hindrance free. Uh, this is that kind of church. Uh, sin is a hindrance for us. And all of us got some weight. Especially sin, brothers, that we got to throw off. Because as we do that, uh, when you like your load, it allows you to have more endurance. I was in the military, I was in the military, uh, and we used to have a 60-pound rucksack run. Uh, we, we'd fill up on a rucksack, 60 pounds, 60 pounds, put 60 pound work pack on a rucksack on our back and have, come on, you know something about that, and have our helmets on. They wouldn't let us do it with our hats. We had to have our helmets on. And you had to have full battle array of your gear on. Now with your helmet and your, and your backpack, that's 60 pounds. But then, you, you, you know, it was warfare time and we, we were preparing for war and you had to have the Kevlar of vest on as well. That put on another 10 pounds. So you're running with 60 and 70 pounds on your back. You can't run at a real fast pace like that. All you can do is one, two, three, four. Hey, and you're trying to make it to the end of the journey. But then when you got to the end, they told you drop the sacks. And when you drop your rucksack, something that just jumped up off of you. You felt like you could run on about 20 more miles because you had loosed yourself of some weight that was holding. Somebody needs to know that you got some stuff in you that's hindering your walk of faith and you want to run with Jesus but you can't do it because every time you try to run, that sin starts, that pain starts slowing you up and God is saying you got to loose yourself so that you can run, watch this, with endurance because anybody can run a sprint. It don't take a lot of endurance to run a sprint. So, 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 brothers, that's why many of us come to church and you see us in the church for about a good six months. We sprint. But after we get to that six month, hey, that rucksack of sin just starts kicking in. And we said, we said, you know what? I ain't even gonna go. And then we don't see them for another six months because the weight has hindered your endurance. He said, You gotta get lost on that stuff. Well, how, how do I do it? Because the rucksack's tied pretty tight on me. And, and I, you know, every time I get ready uh, to lose myself, it, it seems like it gets more tight. Come on, man. How sin work every time you say you're gonna get out of it. It's just like Tony Montana. Anybody watch the Godfather? Tony Montana, man, I'm not Tony Montana, but uh, the Godfather. The Godfather said, just when I was trying to get out, they pulled me back in again. That's what sin does to you. Every time you try to get out, something. Okay, uh, I'm talking again. Uh, uh, you you, you just said, no, it's over. And then all of a sudden, next week you get a call from another one, and you're like, Say y'all gonna get real quiet on me now. Y'all gonna get real quiet on me now. The, the other one called and you said, oh, man, I, 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 I was good. I, 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 I didn't try this. It wasn't something I did. Every time. Y'all don't like real preaching. Y'all want somebody to bring some flowers and words. I'm telling you, we're real life. Every time you say, I ain't gonna smoke no more crap. You ride down the street, your boys come. 
pick you up. You tired because you've been walking all day. And they in the back lighting up. Come on, man. They ain't gonna hurt you, boy. You good, you good. Every time I try to get out, here comes sin. And if I need to know, Reverend, how can I get myself out of this? Verse 2 said, we do this by keeping our eyes on Jesus, the champion who is the initiator or the author and the finisher of the faith that it's going to take for you to be a good father. I need faith to be a good father. I need to be free of hindrances so that I can endure my faith walk as a father. And, and, and I can't do that until I start looking unto Jesus. Because when I see Jesus, everything else is blurred. When my focus is on him, everything else is When I'm truly focused on the Lord, you can come to me. Listen, can I help you real quick? Uh, I used to love to do cocaine. I used to love to do I did. I, was, I mean, I, I was so enamored with cocaine. I would, I would listen. I had an apartment. My apartment was all black. I had black carpet, I had black everything because I wanted to find what I lost if I lost any of my cocaine. I'm telling you, I love me some cocaine. And, and watch this. And God, in an instant, in the moment, in the twinkling of an eye, my mama was praying for me that the Lord would deliver me. And the day my mama was praying for me, I remember walking in the kitchen, girl, I was about to cook me. We, we call it free basin now. Y'all call it crack. But, 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 but I was walking in the kitchen to cook me some stuff. And, and, and I got the pot on, man. I'm ready to do what I got to do. I went in and got my eight ball. I had an eight ball, Kurt. Yeah, y'all ain't ready for me. Y'all ain't ready for me. I took my eight ball and I got to the bathroom and the something hit me and said, throw that mess away. I put the eight ball in the toilet, broke up my pipe and got on my knees. And that was in 1983. And since then, I ain't never looked. You can put a ball in your pocket and broke it. And God's got me so focused on him that I won't even see the mess. Everybody know that when you focus on God, you lose who you are. Yeah, yeah. I thank God. I thank God. But it's just being straight. I ain't got nothing to go. Somebody need that. Can I just testify this morning? I mean, y'all ain't gonna be funny anyway. I might as well just put myself all the way out there. There's some weights that you gotta let go. Way, and the only way you're going to do it is to look under Jesus. He's the author. And finish up your faith. Watch this real quick. Right, let's go. Uh, Jesus could do it for you because Jesus did it before you. Don't hear me. Don't hear me. See, brother, the reason why you can walk by faith and be a good father and walk in the divine purpose of God for your life and, and understand that you can trust God in the midst of it is because God sent you himself as an example of what he wants you to do. Did y'all hear me? God sent you an example of himself to show you what he wants for you to do. He sent Jesus, but Jesus is God. So God came to show you how to be a father. The father shows you how to be out and hear me. Y'all can hear me. That's what fathers do. Fathers show fathers how to be fathers when they're boys. So that when they become fathers, they understand what
what a father is supposed to do. Our heavenly father came in the person of Jesus Christ. The Bible says uh, that he perfects our faith because he was able to understand that what was in front of him was greater than what he was going through. Y'all miss what I just said. Uh, Jesus wants you to know that no matter how difficult your circumstances may look right now, what is in front of you as you walk by faith in him and keeping your eyes on him is greater than whatever you're dealing with right now. You may not even have your family. Your family may have left you. But what is in front of you is greater than what you're going through right now. Keep on trusting in what's in front of you. Keep on believing in what's in front of you. Keep on believing that God will able to do exceeding abundantly of all that you can have or think. And he does it by that power that's connecting you to him. That's the Holy Ghost. He said, listen, Jesus was able to lead you because Jesus understood that I got joy in front of me and so I can go to the cross and endure the pain. I can endure the suffering. I can endure the shame. I can disregard anything that's going on in my life because I know what's ahead of me. And the Bible said that because he endured all of that, now he is seated at the right hand of the Father. And when you cry his name, he said, I hear you, baby. I hear you. Uh, here, here's some power. I hear you. Here's some strength. I hear you. Here's some provision. I hear you. Here's what you need. I don't hear what I'm saying. Uh, and you can keep your faith in him because he's faithful unto you. He said, he said, so give up some stuff. He said, and, and, and really, you ought to put it in proper perspective. He said, you really haven't suffered under blood in your struggle against sin. It's all in your head. <laughs> oh, God. He said, all of your struggle against sin is really psychological. Uh, you, you, you like stuff. Man, I preach better y'all say You, 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 some stuff. You know, if, if sin wasn't pleasurable, Mother Elsie, we wouldn't struggle with it. If, if, if that wasn't an element of pleasure, in sin, it wouldn't be no problem for us. So we need to stop faith and false pretending up in the church. Talk about, oh, the not talking to me today. No. Uh, if I was back in the day, I'd tell you, you're lying in and your feet stink because uh, all of us struggle with sin. Chicken and I'd have a cucumber salad. That was my that was my meal every day. 
Uh, so, so first day, I'm like, ah, oh, this dude, I feel good. Second day, I'm like, oh, I feel good. They ain't got this good in a long time. Hallelujah. Thank God for a great smoothie. Third day, I'm like, yeah, man, my mind comes back. I feel real good. Fourth day, I want to quit. So my wife, I don't know what this is. Uh, you can have this. I don't want it no more. I feel like this is just messed up. She said, oh, baby, you got to know. Listen, she said, you got to know what the book says. Oh, nobody hear me. Nobody hear me. She said, you got to know what the book says. She said, the book said you're supposed to feel like that. I said, I don't care what no book says. I feel like I'm going to die. I'm quitting. I'm, she said, oh, baby, no. Just, 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 if you can just hold out. He said, you can just hold out one more day. You're going to feel better, child. Don't you know? I pressed my way through that day. I felt like I was going to die. I really, really felt like y'all were here. I felt like I was going, I was dizzy. My stomach was hurting. I was bubbling over. I said, Lord, if you get me to me, y'all know we had no time. If you get me to this day, I'm going to be on a day that I got through that day and the next day. When I got to the fifth day, I was midway through, and I started feeling real good. I said, Lord, you brought me through that. I thought I was going to die. You want to talk to you again. You have to understand that when you start taking off your one sack of sin, you will feel like you won't die. But you like that thing. As a matter of fact, you love that thing. But the Bible said, look back unto Jesus, because he went to the cross and died for you to be to take off your rucksack. Huh? And so don't get weary huh? in well-doing. Huh? Don't get weary huh? when the children keep calling you for money. Huh? Don't get weary huh? when they get locked up. Huh? Don't get weary huh? in well-doing. Huh? Don't get weary huh? in the time to deliver yourself huh? from that rucksack of sin. Huh? But no matter how much you struggle, huh? you ain't dead. Huh? No matter how bad it feels, huh? you ain't dead. Huh? I'm 
you ain't saved because you say so. You saved because you live so. Come on, somebody. If ain't no evidence in your life, you still got that rucksack on and your heaven with blinders on because you still haven't gotten saved. Salvation is a hard issue. You can speak all the words you want. But if you don't have a heart cry to say, God, I need you in my life. And if you haven't had that, and if you have not had that experience, and you had a church experience, where you came and shook the decision council's hand and followed their lead to say some words, but your heart wasn't with God, you need to come down here right quick and get yourself together with the Lord.